0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. What's up, what's up, all my BBW it's your girl AJ Andrews, back with another episode and back with another Mela win. How your girl is winning in her melanin. This week, guys, I want to talk a little bit about my mellowing and kind of how I got to my mellowing first. So my Melowin for this week is listening to my body and taking a break. And I've talked about taking a break and really recharging as being a mellowing of mine in, in another episode. But I really want to pinpoint this time because it's a little bit different. The last one was more so mental. This one was more so physical and understanding when my body is just saying No. And this week I went with my trainer and we're going to start working out and we're running and I'm starting to do my sprints with him. And he stops me and asks me, what did I do yesterday? And of course I'm like rethinking, like did I do something crazy that I forgot about? Why is he asking me, (laughs) did he see me somewhere? Why is he asking me this question? And, And I'm just thinking, I don't know. I just, I worked out yesterday. And he's like, okay, what did you do? And I'm telling him what I did in my workout. And he's like, I can tell. And he's like, your legs are not firing the way they need to be today. They're not doing what they're supposed to do today. And they're not going to be able to because of the fact that you worked out yesterday and what you did when you worked out yesterday. He was saying your body, your legs, they need that 24 hours to recover in order to come back in here the next day in order to really perform the way that you want to perform and get better. And he told me, like, I understand the mentality, the thought process of you thinking maybe you're preparing for it today. But he really emphasized the best way for you to prepare to come here and give 100 percent is to take that day off and give yourself 100 percent recovery because you're only going to be retracting. You're not going to be moving forward in your success if you do not rest. And, you know, to me, it was. Definitely enlightening to hear because I was really thinking, okay, I'm gonna prepare tomorrow. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna put all this work in today. I'm gonna show up tomorrow. He's gonna be impressed with all things I've done because I've really tried to get better. And him emphasizing how important it was for me to take that rest for my body, for me to be great. I feel like really applied to me taking that break the couple days later after even seeing him when I woke up one morning was just It just wasn't it. We've all had those days where we woke up and it's just, "Mm -mm, this is not, this is not the day. And typically I try to push through it. I try to do something, get things done, thinking to myself, I got to go work out. And then I remember what he told me and listening to my body, listening to the way that I felt that day. And I really took that day off. And then the following day after that, I was able to get after it. It was a new day and I felt better and I felt different. So my mellowing for this week is listening to my body and also Just knowing when to rest, knowing that sometimes me being able to stay stagnant in that moment is going to help me propel myself forward and get better and reach my success. Being able to recharge, refocus, and in all honesty, rest, right? Not just physically, but mentally for the next day in order to go hard and get better. That is how we ensure success. When we are thinking about our goals, think big, But when we think about our progress, think small. And that was something that really allowed me to feel like I was winning in my mellow win, that conversation. And this week, resting. My progress was small, but progress is progress. And it's ultimately getting me faster to my goal. That's my mellow win. And I hope so many people resonate with that because we live in a culture, in a society where so the grind is important. It's romanticized to no days off, always keep going. Gotta be one step ahead. But sometimes you can think you're one step ahead, but in reality, that person's just waiting to take that 10, right? They're resting, that rest time that they're giving themselves, recharging, refocusing for when they do come out, they're immediately 10 steps because they were able to really take that rest that we did not take because we thought that we had to keep going, had to keep going. That's the girl's mellow win, and I'm so excited to talk through not just my mellow win, but also the mellow win of my next guest, Batuli Kamara, professional basketball player who has truly been winning in her mellow win, breaking down barriers, all different types of barriers, not just in her sport, but in the world. She's making a huge difference on the world and on the young girls that are coming up in this world. And she is not afraid to get things done, not afraid to have a resting period in order to hit that sprint as hard and as fast as she possibly can when the time is right. So excited for you guys to listen to this next episode. So excited for all of you to keep mellow winning. And I will catch you BBWs later. Welcome all my BBWs, barrier-breaking women. You guys know how I love my women, barrier-breaking women. BBW, and I am joined today with the most amazing professional basketball player, Utuli Kamara. I am so excited to talk with her. Met her last year in the midst of the pandemic. We did a couple Instagram lives together, and now I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. How are you doing? Beautiful.
1: Thank you so, so much for having me. And I am doing well, much better that I'm here with you. Uh, so thank you so much. Oh
0: girl, thank <laughs> you. But Tully, I feel like as athletes, we are always moving to the next, right? We don't take time to celebrate the little things sometimes. But I want to know what is something that is may seem small, but really all the little things add up to the big things, right? What is your Mela win for this week? How did you win in your melanin?
1: Oh, I love that question. And I think For me, every day is a celebration, but I have realized showing up, showing up for my sisters and spending quality time with them uh, was a mega win for me. And and I think that's always key. But but getting back to my home base was was a huge win for me.
0: Uh, I know. How much do you realize? I feel, you know, family is so important. And then when we're gone, I feel I've always traveled, always been on the go. And I don't realize until I'm around them again, I'm like, wow, I missed you. You know? Right, hey right,
1: <laughs> right. Like you've changed. Um, yeah. You've grown. And I, and I think that was and I feel like it felt like a win because I, I wanted to be intentional about it. I, I goal set it for it. Um, I made space for it and then I, I showed up for it. So I think that was why it was a huge one for me.
0: Oh, wow. I really love what you just said. You were intentional about it. I remember yeah. reaching out to you, talking to you like, hey, can we connect this week? And you told me, AJ, love to. But. I'm making sure this week is dedicated to my family. I, before we even dive any deeper, how important is it to set intentions, you know, on our life, on our days, to make sure that we're productive and getting the things that we want done, especially prioritizing? It, it means so much, you know, and I and I always say we all have the
1: same 24 hours as AJ Andrews. So, you know, that just goes to show <laughs> a lot. But I think it, it's so important because if you live your life mindlessly, you'll get mindless results. And I, my brother always asked me, where did that come from? You know, where is that from? You know, what is the root of that? And and I think just having that intentionality allows you to attract that, allows you to stay in alignment. It allows you to to just be much more present in what you want and in the world that you're trying to create for yourself and, and for others. So I think intentionality is key in everything that you do. And if you don't, you know, reach that goal, you have ultimately taken a step towards that or, or towards your higher self. And I think that is really, really important. And you know, why would you be mindless in such an amazing world when, you know, there's so much to experience?
0: I feel like I'm just talking to someone that you're just going to be spinning out all this wisdom. I'm about to just start taking notes. Where's my pen and paper? Mm -hmm. As long as I can start taking my notes. (laughs) My God, you already hit one thing that I touch on. I love thinking about so much when we talk about our higher self, connecting more and being more in tune Oh, I'm so excited. I'm jot that down. I'm so excited to jump into that even deeper, into the mind of Batuli and how it is that you are intentional with everything that you are doing because you are doing some amazing, amazing things. As an athlete on the go, you're just getting back from Spain. I want to get up in your business. If that's okay with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Batuli, do you have a power song that gets you hype, gets you focused before a game?
1: I don't listen to music,
0: so <laughs> oh
1: wow i I don't listen to music, but for my games, I do listen to the fifth chapter in Relentless by Tim Grover. I always listen to that before games or I listen to um kind of Quranic verses, just something to to get me in touch, so I don't
0: what that well one wow, that's amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about what it is? that you do listen to that gets you inspired or why it is that you chose that to put on before you go out before performing? It has always changed for me as I continue to
1: grow. And that's why I think it's amazing to see how you learn, you know, what connects with you. And I feel like so often we feel so connected to one thing or one source of motivation when, you know, there's so many other Avenues to explore, like there's diversity of thought and diversity and approach. And you know, this this ticked or, or this connects with me or this resonated with me. So for me, I was really, when I was in Spain, I loved and I fell in love with audiobooks and you know, just right at 2.0 speed and, and really getting through those books. And, and that's what I loved to listen to. And it just allowed me to approach my experience in a new way. And I was growing. And as I was growing, I felt like you know, my experiences and the world was also growing with me. So I, I really fell in love with audiobooks.
0: All right, I'm gonna have to try that. See if I can get hype before a game listening to an audio book. Let me get get my mind right. Get my mind right in the best way. Not like I'm about to go whoop some, you know, booty. But I'm about to be (laughs) intentional with my day. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a hack as an athlete that allows you to get through your days not stressed, not frustrated, but stay on par?
1: to-do list that goes with time management. I love, love, love to-do list. And my mom, she always jokes, I know you have a schedule, you have something scheduled in December. And I laugh because it's true. And so she's like, (laughs) you are just so crazy. And I I feel like my my to-do list, but also being present, like how am I feeling in that day? And and what do I want to accomplish? You know, is the next thing that I'm about to do going to take me is a step in the right direction. And so for me, you know, I'm I'm so big on to-do lists. And what I'm trying to accomplish that day, but also okay with, you know, going where the wind blows and how I'm feeling that day and just checking in with with those that I love. So that's kind of how I stay focused and navigate through my days and not a Google calendar. I can't do Google calendar.
0: Uh, I live by Google calendar.
1: (laughs) I can't. No, no, it's just uh, (laughs) notes always in my notes. Just just writing down my my day.
0: I could never like that sounds I'm like Google calendars has been my Bible lately. That is <laughs> the worst. And I wish I was more like you. I wish I was more intentional. We keep talking about that. But honestly, it's, I'm, I would take notes, but then I would forget, you know, it would just it would be a disaster.
1: I used to in college. I, I used to. And then it didn't work. <laughs> so I stopped that. But now, you know, I pray. I pray before every single game. I usually call someone, my friends, my sister, my family, and, you know, kind of do visualization technique, you know, what, you know, that, that best game, that best performance, rereading the scout report. So, so yeah, it's kind of the same, but I've realized if, you know, it's structured the same, but it's always kind of different because I don't want to be held hostage by, by this ritual and something doesn't go right because I felt that, you know, I've had that as an athlete, like, Oh my gosh, I didn't put on my left sock in this way. And it's just throws you off. So kind of, it's always open for change, you know, but, but it is pretty much the same. And that is, you know, praying, speaking to someone that I love and I'm connected with, and then, you know, reading the Sky Report and, and, and again, visualizing that perfect game
0: visualization that is so important that is a huge factor to my game as well visualization and sometimes I remember speaking with I think it was Allie Riley who was on this podcast earlier and you know I think about when I think of visualization I always thought about thinking of the outcomes that I want to happen right think about what it is I want to project what it is I want to do and she talked about thinking about all the things that could potentially before a game she didn't do it before she's about to go on the field, but let's say the night before, she would think about all the things that could possibly go wrong. And imagine those things and then figure out a way through that. Figure out their way through what was going on, wrong so that when it came to game time, she didn't have anxiety about it. She wasn't worried about it. She knew how she was already going to move forward. And I remember thinking that was so interesting. I had never thought about visualization in that way in order to move forward and get towards my goals.
1: That's amazing. For me, I think it's more so the details of it, you know, like, hey, if this, if this player's going over their left shoulder, you know, just really feeling like the the physically, like my body, you know, jumping on that side or, you know, when shooting the ball, feeling, feeling it on my fingertips. So that's kind of kind of the motion sensory, but also the visualization for me and really those attention to details for me.
0: What would you say is, their most embarrassing moment that you've experienced in sport thus far. And what did it teach you?
1: I remember, oh my goodness, my team loves this one. And I remember we were in, uh, we were in this game and we were playing horribly. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, what is happening? And what is happening? And, I, and again, the game, and it's not that embarrassing, but it's the moment, you know, like sometimes yeah. it's the absolute moment of it all. And it was just like an air ball that didn't even go. Like, it was just a free throw line, air ball. And it was just a moment of just, you had to laugh. You know, you know it's amazing? It wasn't until years later where I, where I watched a Kobe clip and he said, get over yourself. And I couldn't describe that moment and how it felt in entirety. But once I watched that clip later on, it made sense. And so it was just, oh my gosh. It was like, have you played basketball? Like, is this, you know, have you been in the gym? you know, like a TV game and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, like to my soul. <laughs> but then that Kobe clip put into, into a laugh for me, like, get over yourself, you know, like it's, it's fine.
0: Yeah, I think too, one of my, one of the best advice, piece of advice I ever had, I think I was 14 years old and it was on the idea of looking bad when you go out to play, right? Mm-hmm. And my coach said, tell me, show me the player that's afraid to look bad and I'll show you the player you can beat every time. You have to just go out and do it. Don't worry about the outcome or worry about what's going to happen. Just go. And as you said, get over yourself, right? Stop worrying about it. Move forward. But I want to pivot a little bit and I want to ask you this question. And I, I absolutely love this question and hearing the responses. When was the first time you really fell in love with your skin and the melanin in your skin?
1: That question is necessary. And that question moves mountains. You know what's amazing? When you have kind of these comments, and it doesn't make me feel good to say, but, well, actually, it it does not that look at it, but it was being affirmed by other women. You know, I just remember being in high school and just, you know, uh, feeling like this doesn't feel right, you know, in my own skin, and just being affirmed by beautiful You know, women and growing up in New York City, you see so many different people in in so many different realms. And I just remember, I feel like it was it was a train ride. And this woman who was gorgeous, like you are beautiful. You know, like the thing you're in is beautiful. And and so for me, that was kind of tough because I I wish it came from inside of me, but it didn't. But I think that her reaffirming me in that way was so so beautiful, and it felt so natural, and it allowed me to step into the mirror and, and look into myself and say, what did she see? You know, and how do I see myself that way? And how do I grow to, to love myself in that way and the beauty that she described? And slowly but surely, it has gotten there. But but I thank her for that moment. I thank amazing women who have reaffirmed me throughout my, my journey, my life. That is beautiful. But
0: mm-hmm. when you ask yourself, what is it that she sees? When did you find your answer?
1: Ooh, it's a journey. It's a continuous journey. But I would say... Once I let go of who I thought I should have been, you know, and and then I think once I I let go and and I said, every day you're going to wake up and this is who you're going to be with. This is who you're going to spend the most time with in your entire life. And this is your number one relationship. You should start getting to know yourself now. You should start getting to love yourself now and everything that you represent. And so, you know, when I looked in the mirror, it was years, but I would say gradually you just wake up one day and you're like, wow. God, you did that, you know? (laughs) So I feel like it was, it was a, it was a long journey, but I don't know that pivotal moment, but I feel like the steps every single day to now where I wake up and I'm, I'm just thankful.
0: Now you wake up every day and say you right there in the mirror. You you look good girl. (laughs) You doing that girl. (laughs) (laughs) You talk about a little bit, you're from New York, but your family is from Guinea, West Africa. How were you first introduced to basketball? Do you remember the first time you played or the first feelings you got from playing?
1: Yes. So growing up in New York City, I felt like I was bound to play basketball. Now that I'm older and I kind of look at um, resources or opportunities that are available to me, it was, you know, you know, kind of down to happen. And my first initial experience with sport was when I passed by the park. And I vividly remember this. I was about 11 years old and I saw this girl who... I thought she was a giant. I was like, Oh my gosh, who is this girl? my, my number one concern was where do you get your jeans from? You know, again, I'm 11 years old. I just had this crazy girl story. And I'm like, I need to figure out where this giant had done her jeans from looking back. She was like six one, But to me, I was like, who is she? Yeah. <laughs> why, does, why does her jeans go to the ground? And so we I mean, were running into the park on a mission, like 11 year old me, like where did you get your jeans from? And She told me, I don't remember, but she's like, you're so tall. You should start playing basketball. And she was there with her mom and, it was such a beautiful experience. And we played and I continued to come back. And that moment was just amazing for me because it was, you know, a, just this shared experience with her and her mom and people and women who were taller than me, who, were, you know, who were for me, I didn't feel like I was alone in that space. And then she encouraged me to try out for my middle school team. And I was the only girl at that time. And, you know, everything is just history from there. But I always say those first years were just looking at the basketball. I didn't start playing until I was like 12 and 13 functioning on the court. I think, At the moment, I was observing the game, (laughs) participating, but then I didn't start playing until I was 12. And so that moment is beautiful. And, you know, even till today, we laugh about it. And she's like, who would have known what that moment was? And so that was was beautiful to me.
0: I absolutely love that you had that moment. That is almost, it's not exact, but it's very similar to my first moment, even getting introduced to softball. When I'm at the field, my mom's just taking me for the first time before I'm going to go try out or, you know, get on the little league team. And this black man and his son come walking by and he just sees me practicing on the field and comes and spends, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour with me, helping me with my swing. And I remember his last words to me before he left. He was like, I wish you well. Good luck. We need more people that look like us playing this game. Mm-hmm. So one, I, I stopped him or thanked him for stopping to help me. And he's like, of course, we need more people that look like us playing this game. And. It's so crazy. I don't remember the man. I don't know the man's name. I vaguely remember what he looks like. I I I think about it. It's almost like a dream. But the impact that that one individual that I will never be able to tell you his name has had on my life, right? The way that you've seen someone and you just want to know what where she got her genes from, how that has impacted your life. I think it really stops and makes us think the power of a moment and then just interactions. Nothing really is ever a coincidence.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Did you ever experience any racism or stereotypes when you first got into basketball and as you began to play? Yes,
1: in so many different ways. And I would say the hardest part for me was inside of my family. You know, that was my ultimate barrier. It was convincing my first generation family that sport was a valuable part of life you know it just wasn't recreational here in the states and so for them you know again traveling here in hopes of a better life and saying education is a key to that you need to you need to be a doctor and you know all these hopes and dreams you have for your child and they say I want to play basketball or I want to do sports and I just remember my brother being my biggest champion and saying you know moms you have over 60k a year for your daughter She's like, I don't. She's like, basketball can can afford her this. That basketball can provide her that opportunity. You say you want education. She can get a top education while playing with sports. And I and I feel like my mom saw how much I improved when I was playing. You know, responsibility. I'm doing laundry now. I'm waking up in time for practice. You know, I'm I, I have sisters. I have friends who come over and who are talking about homework and wanting to do better and more with our life. And so once she saw that, that was the ultimate silver. And we talk about it till today. But my family. Was my my largest obstacle at that time, and really convincing them that playing was important and that it was a means to success. And after overcoming that, it felt like everything else was secondary because that was you know the toughest. Until all my mentors and my coaches who wanted me to play on their teams all had to call my mom, all had to call my family members and uncles and aunts, saying she needs to play. And so now today, it gives me chills because my mom is my number one advocate she is talking to girls all across you know my organization and saying you should play and this is why and so that has been just a full circle moment but it was definitely not easy
0: let's talk about your organization wake what does wake stand for and what is the goal of this organization yes women and kids empowerment
1: um that is wake and that is essentially a piece of my heart that I feel like I'm sharing with the world every single day and for me talking about my upbringing is such an important role for me because as I mentioned, coming into sport was not easy. So now you, you know, go back to your home country for the first time and see that, you know, it's hard to enter sports, but we're, we're in a place where sports is not even, you don't have access or resources or opportunities to play sport, but you have this desire to play and no one else who looks like you or who has been successful through this. And so it doesn't seem, you know, real to your parents. And so we work to educate, equip and empower young girls and women through sport education and working on implementing social entrepreneurship programming, because I feel like sport teaches you so many transferable skills and what better way to access that and use that than in business. And so we, we love that social entrepreneurship aspects of that um, especially in this day and age and, and again we initially had camps and doing global camps and right now working on our sustainable development focus which is building basketball courts and safe spaces in guinea west africa for young girls and holding annual camps in new york city
0: Ooh, an inspiration barrier breaker alert right here this woman yes <laughs> alarms. <laughs> real, Like literally barrier breaker alert someone that not is just breaking barriers in your own avenue, but essentially breaking down barriers that other young athletes feel like they see you're knocking that down and giving them a new point of view, giving them an opportunity to see bigger. Because as you said, at times you have to see it to believe it, to achieve it. Why did you want to start wake? What was your motivation for that?
1: So many different motivations. For me, it was looking back at the younger Batuli. Honestly, I remember my first WNBA game and I just remember I went back and I might share this video at some point. This is the first time in my life I have talked about this, but I came back and I recorded this video and I was like crying on my webcam. It's so horrendous. Oh my gosh. And I was like crying on my webcam and I was like, I just want to be a good basketball player. Like I feel like I can play at that level And it was like, when I saw it, it was something that was ignited in me. And I, and one day I really will share this video because it is just such a powerful testimony in that. Like I, sometimes I watch it and I get chills, but it was having this, you know, hunger and desire. And at that moment I didn't know where to turn, you know, I didn't know what was next. And again, I was able to find a coach and who's now been my lifelong mentor on this journey with me, who has absolutely helped transform my life. And so Having that and knowing that desire that was in me. And so once I was around these girls and I remember I was leaving, I again, I was like, you know, hesitant. But once I was leaving, I remember one of the girls saying, I'm better than you. And I love this girl. She said, I'm better than you. I just need an opportunity to fight for my dreams. Don't give me anything. Just allow me to fight for my dreams. And it resonated so deeply with me because I had that moment. I just wanted an opportunity. I wanted a way to fight, to dream in my absolute obligation to do that, to provide access, opportunities, and resources for her to fight for her journey. And again, it never feels like giving back. It's like giving into a piece of myself because play is a human right to play, you know? And so when you think of it that way, I felt absolutely compelled to do anything that I could for her and for for those girls in Guinea.
0: Wow, the most powerful piece of what I feel like you just said comes down to giving back you are feel like you're giving more to a piece of you, right? You are seeing yourself in these girls and it's personal. It's not, I just want to help you to help you. Like this is something that I see you in me and I want you to get to these levels or you have these opportunities that you feel like you weren't allotted. And I just think that that is, I don't, I don't even know the words. Like that is truly, truly powerful to hear you say. And I'm so blessed that all these young girls get to experience your energy and your passion for this because I think, as we said before, barrier breaker alert. This is how barriers are breaking and how women are stepping into their potential and their truth. I want to talk a little bit more about you stepping into your truth, stepping into who you are. You recently became the one of the first Muslim basketball players overseas playing in Spain to wear a hijab during games. You, however, didn't always wear. Go playing at UConn. You didn't always wear your hijab. No, it was in my heart. <laughs> so, yeah. When did When did you decide that this is me? This is what I want to do. This is This is my religion. This is how what I believe in. This is what I'm going to move forward with. And was it a hard decision?
1: It was a beautiful journey, and I would say being on a spiritual journey, it's long, you know, there's no end, but this felt like the next step in my spiritual journey. And so, you know, different people have it at different times. And for me, you know, growing in my faith and learning more and saying, this was the next natural progression that felt right to me to cover and to become more modest. That's what I wanted for my life. And that's the woman that I wanted to be. And I just remember, I love this quote. I found it and it's by, um, you know, Maya Angelou and it said, I stand as one, but I come as 10,000. And I was like, yes. And, you know, when I see that visual representation, I I think of the communities I represent in New York. I think of the communities I represent as a Muslim woman, as a Black woman, as a first-generation Guinean. you know, as a basketball player, as a a founder. I think of all these communities I represent, and so often in sport, we try to silence that. We try to paint these lines and say, once you step into that, you silence those communities. Those people rooted me on even before you knew my name. How could I silence that? I'll be doing a complete disservice to my communities and to myself and who I represent and who I want to represent and whose voices I want to amplify on this passing platform that we don't know when, when it will end. And so for me in the, in the next, step in, my, in my spiritual journey, when you're talking to young kids and, and you're in a state of reflection, they will question who you are and they will know if you're being inauthentic. And so for yes. me, again, it was that next step in my spiritual journey, stepping in and leaning into who I was and who I wanted to be. And being able to do that has opened so many doors. It has allowed me to connect in such a beautiful way and for me to create spaces for people to feel more like themselves. And that has been a blessing.
0: trying to remember exactly how the quote goes, but it's essentially saying, by being our true selves, we inherently give someone else the permission to do the same. By being confident, by being flamboyant, by being whoever it is, stepping into our truth, we are giving someone else the permission, the confidence to do that for themselves. When you see, or you talk about your spiritual journey, getting to this point where you were truly able to see, recognize and step into who you were, for those young girls that struggle with that or are concerned about how they're going to be perceived, had any of those thoughts come to your mind and how did you push past them, if so?
1: I think about that all the time, and in my journey, I realized showing up was was more than that. Showing up and providing resources, you know, being a space for them to to feel that way, and you know, building community where they feel seen and valued. And I think it, it's more to say our journeys will look different. We will all step into this realm of sport and in life in different ways. But you're accepted here. You're valued here, and you're celebrated here in every way, and shape, and form. And so for me. I think that's what it came down to. It wasn't like a pinpoint or I knew all the answers. It was, this is what I know. This is how I can show up. This is how I can, can create space. And I hope that I can connect with those who may know more than me or who may, you know, be much more advanced in that field to create communities where you can lean into that and learn more and grow.
0: What are some of the effects that you've seen or maybe even some things that people have told you by seeing you wear your hijab proudly on the court playing and not concerned about he say she say you're just living your truth and performing how you want to perform. What has been some of the response that you have seen?
1: Thank you. You know, like ah, uh, gratitude, wholeness. Those are the first two words that come to mind. That has been the ultimate response. Thank you for being you. Thank you for telling me that there is no limit to who I can be, the life that I can live based on my personal choices and how I choose to to cover, how I choose to express myself, how I choose to live my life. Thank you for showing me that there is this place for me in this. And I was like, yes, there is. And I love that quote. We posted it on our Instagram. You know, if they don't bring a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. And once you do that, trust me, you are making more than enough space for the woman behind you. And so, you know, I was scared. And that's what I tell people in my journey. I wasn't, you know, just confident in coming in and everyone makes space. It was, you know, I have the chair, like, am I going to pull up? And saying, yeah, do it. And and when you do that, you realize the space was there for you the whole time. And once you lean into that, you invite more room for others. So just gratitude and just wholeness in in others and saying, you know, thank you. That's been the, the response.
0: Wow. Talk about, yeah, you bring, bring that folding chair. If there's no space for you at the table, someone sees you sitting there, they're going to bring the pop-up table. Someone sees you, they're going to bring the lights right now. You're building your own, your own space. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how those things progress and move forward. I want to, ask you talk about, you said that you weren't always so confident and you were scared. And I think especially for young girls that have to dive into this space, there's just a lot of hate in this world. And on top of you being Muslim, if you're also someone, a woman of color, right? It's twofold of how you're going to be looked and how you're going to be perceived. How did you get past your fear? How were you able to lean into it? I
1: couldn't silence my heart. I was always scared, but it felt like the discomfort of not being who I was roared inside of me it was not something that could be silenced anymore. And so once that was louder than my fears, I was like, whoa, I gotta lean into this. I have to explore this. And ultimately the beautiful thing about that was everybody in my life and in my circle, once you lean into who you are, they were responding like, I knew that's who you were. I was waiting for you to know. And it's like, really? Like, yeah, that's who you've been. And so then you retrace your childhood and you're like, that's really who I was. And so when I see young people and they're like, you've changed or you've blossomed, I think they've just become more of who they were. Mm. And now, you know, and we talk about this empowerment. Yes. Empowerment is key, but sometimes they're already empowered. They just need the the support, the light to shine on them for them to blossom and flourish. You know, don't underestimate the power of plants and seeds that will blossom tomorrow. And so for me, it was just, it wasn't the fear The feel still is there in my heart, but it was the discomfort, you know, the roaring, the energy, That wasn't allowing me to step into who I was until I accepted who I was, you know, like until I accepted this is me. So I would say the fear is always there. But what you choose to feed and what you choose to listen to will always overcome that. And you'll find community through that.
0: Man, step into it. Step into through your fear. One of my favorite acronyms, fear face everything and run or face mm. everything and rise. And yeah. Tuli, you have risen. And I feel like I'm rising with you. So I can only imagine the young girls that feel elevated and uplifted by not just your words, but your actions. The only way to get past fear is action. And you said it, just step into your truth. We are in the business as barrier-breaking mm-hmm. women of changing the it is what it is mindset to it is what I make it. No mm. more laying down and doing what is told. We are setting the stage. And as you said, if there's no room, we're, br- we're making our own space. Mm-hmm. What was one moment when someone doubted you or told you what you could or couldn't do or be and you proved them wrong? I just came back from Spain. I was there for eight
1: months. And I remember my first agent telling me there is no way you're going to play covered professionally overseas, you need to take it off. And I remember what? that moment, seriously. And I remember that moment. It's hard for me to talk about, but I was sitting there, you know, as an athlete, you've been playing for over 10 plus years, you know, everything that you've put into this game and your goal is the highest level. And now you're there, you're sitting with someone who's supposed to be advocating for you and they are just shutting it down. And in that moment, I feel like I had a choice and, and the fear sitting, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't maybe, you know, all these doubts start to creep in. And I said, no, I believe it's possible. I'm not doing this to hurt anyone. I just want to be myself, cover my body, you know, be modest and and live my life and live my truth. And so I remember that moment saying, you know, I'm going to go in a different direction. And I remember my first conversation with another potential agent. And their question was, well, can you play basketball? And it was, yes, I can. And that was a conversation and it felt like such a switch. But if I wasn't or I hadn't built up enough community and support to say that I can let something else go for something better, that was a tough moment. And so I I look at that and, you know, I kind of I've come home and I've, I've been sitting, you know, in the living room like, wow, eight months ago, I didn't even know what would happen. And you go on this completely life changing adventure. And that happened in real time. I couldn't even believe it. And so now to be on the other side of that, I'm just so thankful. For me listening to those who supported, not those who, you know, went, went in a different direction. So yeah, and that was it, like leaning into no, this isn't right. That's not the only opinion out there. Your truth is not my truth. I'm going somewhere else. So
0: So boom. And you know what happens after that? She went and made history after that. As I already said, becoming I mean, one of the first Muslim basketball players overseas playing in Spain where she was playing to wear a hijab during games, because it is possible. and as Batuli was saying, Every vision can be reached. You just have to find people that are looking through the same glasses. And that really is all it takes. Mm. I felt that. (laughs) Man, you got me fired up, that agent. Do you you know who she is? That's what I feel like I want to say to them. Do you know who she is? (laughs) Man, melanated and celebrated. We are here, Barrier Breaking Women. I'm so excited to be able to celebrate the beautiful women, the amazing, the talented, the barrier breaking women uh, that are just winning in their melanin and setting the stage and taking names and really just creating spaces for other women of color to come behind and for you Batuli you were announced as one of the impact athletes in the Forbes 30 under 30 where where were you when you found out this news and what were your first initial thoughts girl that's big time
1: I was I was coming home from practice in Spain and um I usually leave my phone at home and I remember coming in and I'm hearing all these notifications. I'm like, it's not my birthday, so (laughs) why are people calling me? (laughs) And I was just so confused. And it was like December 1st, and I and I had that first text and I just sat down and I was like, oh my gosh. You know, this overwhelming sense of it's I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like such a still moment, you know, because this is, you know, four years. We started back in 2017 and you think about the team, you think about everybody you've connected with, you know, the highs and the lows. And this moment is, is again, just sharing a piece of your heart with the world at large. And you know, it matters. But now to, to have other people say, I want to share this moment with you, to celebrate this moment with you, and it matters. It was kind of that moment. And then being able to share that with your team, like, you know, we're doing this and we're going to continue doing this work because it's so important. And, you know, it's not even to validate, but the world sees it. You know, it was just such a special moment for us and for me. I still get chills when I think about it. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. And to see everyone else on that list who's doing amazing work just adds so much to it and what Forbes has done. So just is such a special moment for me and I'm, I'm still, still speechless and still sitting with it and still celebrating, you know?
0: heck yeah you should be melanated and celebrated you are celebrated here on this podcast and celebrated all around the world particularly for the amazing things Mm -hmm. so well deserved you being on the forbes 30 under 30 for impact athletes and with another one of the amazing things that you're doing you are starting a boarding school just opened up an all-girls boarding school in guinea back in africa like is there anything you don't do I'm just curious.
1: We're in the process, in the process <laughs> of starting that, and that is that is so exciting to me. Um, like I said, education is at the forefront, and having this, you know, unique sport plus education programming is has always been a piece of my heart. Because again, I feel like I attribute that to to everything that I do and those who supported me along the way. And so right now, you know, we are in the process of fundraising for that, and you know, we're really working to open by September, and so. You know, we have our goal set and we're crowdfunding and, and we're reaching out to, to those who are interested and in really making this a possibility. And in Guinea-Konakali to say, we have no indoor basketball court in the entire country. So this would be a boys' oh, wow. school. But, you know, this gym would be a dynamic safe space uh, for kids to grow, to learn and to build community. And so for girls to have that, you know, to have that sisterhood in the space that, you know, and, and so many times, again, things I haven't said, but I just feel so connected right now is when you're, when you're telling people this is for girls, built by women, for women, for girls, no boys, no. And that's okay. This is not like girls as an afterthought. This is girls at the forefront at every mm. step of the creating process. Yes. This is for them and that's okay. And so we are so excited about that. Like I said, another piece of our heart and really working to, to bring that to life. And we encourage everyone to, to join and to be a part of our family and this is your invitation to Guinea for everyone for you, AJ. This is your invitation to Guinea. I was waiting for you to say it. Yes, 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 it's there, it's there, it's there. Um, and we we can't wait to see you all there. But we are we are really excited about this project.
0: Oh, that is absolutely amazing. And as you said, putting women in the forefront, no more an afterthought. There's so many spaces specifically for men. Don't be upset that now there is one specifically for women. Be the change, as everyone says, that you want to see and you are creating that change, not just I mean, shoot! In every country, Uh, going in Europe now, in Africa and in America, and you know, I think that you also wrote a book, basketball game on Wake Street, which you say is a summary of your experiences to encourage young girls to give voice to the voiceless. You say there is a place for you in sport. You can do this, and maybe you haven't seen it, but there is a place for you in sports. Here's the first to dream for you. And here's your first image. And you know what, Batuli, representation right there is so important. And on top of all the other amazing things you're doing, what was the motivation or why was it so important for you to also write a book about everything that you're accomplishing?
1: From a young age, I loved visiting the library and I loved exploring and books and going on adventure. And so for me, when I started traveling and seeing amazing women, amazing kids and amazing people with unique abilities and saying, this is the basketball that I know and that I love, but not everyone has access to this experience. You know, and sometimes we think sport is just, sport is a microcosm for the worlds that we live in. So sometimes all I see the people who look like me, that's, you know, and, and when you reflect that and it's not always shown in the media of everyone who's playing sport, everyone who's positively impacted by sport. And so Once I traveled and I played with amazing and and different people and I said, this is a sport that I know and that I love. And how can I share this with the world? And I said, young leaders have to see themselves early so that they feel encouraged to enter and to explore sport. And it may not to be to play, but in so many different areas of sport, like you are needed and your thoughts are valuable. And this is a way to amplify your voice and to say that we see you. And so now kids at a young age can say, I may have never had this one-on-one interaction, but that's the power of books. I can now journey with someone. I can learn more. I can learn sign language in a book and say that that's in sport too. And so that was one of my biggest dreams and desires. And, and another part of that, not just diversity of thought, but diversity of access. So, you know, it was of huge importance for us to translate the book in Spanish and in French and to have it available in different languages. So everyone has an opportunity to really explore and to learn more and to, to venture and journey you know, through our books and, and through sport throughout the world.
0: Taking us on a trip and with your words, that is so important. Absolutely love everything that you're doing. And, you know, I think back to your college career, you're playing at UConn, okay? The iconic UConn and you're part of a national championship team. You are literally living the dream but you experienced a lot of injury also while you were there at UConn. And it makes me think to the quote, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans.
1: That quote hits so deep, (laughs) (laughs) so
0: deep in my soul. That quote right there. Yes. I think even this this past season, I was injured. I broke my nose, I broke my hand, and tore ligaments in my other hand. So I mm. was just walking out still trying to play. And you know, as an athlete, you know, it's it's mentally exhausting trying to prevail through your injury. It's just very frustrating. But I found so much purpose and it kind of it like it really directed me more into the other things that I was really passionate about, but I didn't give the time to because I was focused on sport, 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 sport. And it wasn't until my injury that I kind of had to reel it back. I'm like, well, this is, I love this too. And this is what I'm going to go forward with. For those that athletes that face that injury, I feel like for the both of us, we dove deeper into who we really were, dove deeper into some of our other passions and are breaking down barriers, not just for ourselves, but for other young girls and other women what has your injuries taught you or what have they been able to kind of set the stage for just your future and whatever it is that you are? It seems like a negative, what positives came from it?
1: Time and patience. I would say, I at first I learned to honor my body so much. Our bodies are incredible and it is working so hard for us in every single way. But, but the biggest lesson that I learned was patience and that your journey may not look like everyone else, but it is still valuable nonetheless. And so when you come in, I think the hardest part of injuries is your plans. I had planned for this. I was going to do that. It's derailed me here, but everything for me, at least in my life, I believe everything happens for a reason. And in that moment, you take time to, to to take steps again, to appreciate, you know, to have gratitude, like learning to walk again, all these different things we don't think about. And you have the patience that you give to yourself and to your recovery process and to what you have to do. And so. That's the biggest thing that I learned, you know, patience and gratitude uh, for my body. That's working for me, for those who support me and for, for time, my body and giving it space to grow and to heal. So it's definitely not easy. It's definitely not easy. But I think as an athlete and the most successful athletes that I know have been able to adjust. How quickly can you shift focus? How quickly can you adjust? And my coach would always say and one thing that I love is how you do one thing is how you do everything. So how you approach, you know, your rehab process or how you approach your body, are you going to have confidence? You know, are you competitive in your recovery and not like in terms of timeline, but in pushing yourself and getting to know more about your body? The last quote to that, that I always said is, you know, we always talk about, you know, B, you know, trust the process. But well, even when you're trusting the process, you have to stay present through the process. Stay present through your recovery. How does this feel like? Don't let this just be a moment in time that passed. How can you grow from this? So, so many different lessons that I learned throughout every injury is always different, always discover something new, but, you know, stay present through that. You know, it's, it's there for a reason and you should grow from that experience.
0: Amen to that. Stay present and how you do one thing is how you do everything. That was a quote that was mentioned to me a lot. And it is what ticks in the back of my head when I don't want to return the cart at the grocery store <laughs> to the cart. Basket. I'm not there AJ. yet, though.
1: <laughs> like, you are better than me <laughs> you are better than me
0: <laughs> Julie, this has been an amazing conversation and just your insight your wisdom and your ability to know who you are and to confidently walk into it which is something that I especially women we struggle with often and a lot of individuals are still working towards that so to hear your perspective has been absolutely amazing I want to know from you What is your, I wish I knew then that I know now?
1: You have everything that it takes to win. You do. And I think we get so crippled by our weaknesses, especially as women. I'm not qualified. I'm not this, I'm not that. You know, the opportunity has presented itself. You have everything you need to win. Showing up is half the battle. And so I wish I told myself that early on, you have everything you need everything else will fall into place. Just start, start where you are, start now, start how you are and and it will work out. Boom.
0: (laughs) But again, thank you so much for joining. I want to end this amazing episode with this amazing, barrier-breaking woman with my quote of the weekend. It's so fitting from everything that we talked about. And I'm going to thank my higher self for just knowing that we were going to get deep like this so that I had this quote prepared. The quote for everyone this week, based off of everything we talked about today, the only way to get past fear is action. On the other side of our fears is everything that we want to achieve. Fear comes in the form of thinking about all the things that could go wrong. As soon as we switch that mindset to think about all the things that could go right, you will see your life change immensely. Remember, fear, either forget everything and run or forget everything and rise. I hope you guys have all learned and been inspired by Batuli today to rise because it is possible and it is necessary. Thank you all you beautiful BBWs for tuning in. Batuli, where can everybody find you? You can find me on, I'm probably most active on Instagram. So you can
1: find me on Instagram at Thule. Also on Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm just so happy and, and open to connect. But I would say right now, you know, more than ever, really uh, leaning into our wake pages um, and following our journey as we are we are building this center and building this safe space. And we, we look forward to taking on that journey and you being a part of that journey. So at wake um, on Instagram and wake-academy.org on our website.
0: Please make sure you follow that. Keep up with it. Donate. Be a part of changing these women's lives. We are in the business of breaking down barriers. We're very breaking women. And this is just one more barrier to knock down. Again, thank you all for joining, for tuning in, listening to this amazing conversation. Make sure you subscribe, download, rate, and comment. And check out the podcast. Follow me on instagram twitter aj underscore andrews underscore to hear more from this interview just some skit some little pieces from this interview and from others catch all you bbws later fairy breaking women and keep mellowing